honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wyge, and Timberwolves Explosion is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist, which is for Android. Of course, Stitcher is for both, and iTunes, as I would hope you would know by now, is for Apple devices. Well, the Timberwolves, since the last show anyway, because <laughs> I'm about a day or two late, day late, dollar short, right? <laughs> uh, played five games and, um, well, all losses. Yeah, yeah, it just, uh, hmm. well, they, they lost them all. There were some moral victories in this uh, group. In fact, about three or four of them were moral victories. I'd say three of them were moral victories. Yeah, and one of them was an absolute ass-whooping, but at least there was a really nice showing by somebody I predicted um, would have a nice showing, and he's kind of woken up since that day. Similar to last season, just uh, it's nice to see our young franchise player, <clears throat> Andrew Wiggins, showing what he can do out there. That's what's fantastic. Let's get going, though. Let's get started with these five games here. Wednesday, January the 6th, Timberwolves host the Denver Nuggets. You hold the Denver Nuggets to 78 points, and you can't even match that. <laughs> you can't even score 78 points. To beat them, you can't. You you manage to get seventy four. Hmm. It's just kind of like, all right. Uh, I guess that's. Uh, I guess that's the way it goes. Um. Nice defense, Denver. Good for you. Congratulations on beating the Wolves in Target Center. That kind of sucked, but it, it it's another it is what it is type of game. I guess. Um. They ended their six game losing streak, but. Kept ours going. Thank you. Thank you, Denver. I, I, I really appreciate it. As I predicted, Carl Anthony Towns had a good game, but certainly not a great game. Only 6 of 14 from the floor. Kind of settling for jump shots. That sounds familiar, too. Oh, and by the way, a certain bulky guy who's not the fastest person in the world. In fact, I would almost venture to call him a rhinoceros. That's about what he looks like. <laughs> you know, like I like to have nicknames for people sometimes and maybe you can compare them to an animal. If I was to compare Nikola Pekovich to an animal, it'd be a rhinoceros. <laughs> it's about what he is out there. Um, as for the others, well, well, we'll come back on that later. I think Andrew Wiggins, maybe a hawk. Yeah. Yep, I, I think that's possible. Uh, we'll come back on that later, though. Levine, only one of five from the floor. Two points. Yeah, managed to get four assists. Kind of a some nice uh, transition baskets along the way for him, you know, leading the fast break. He's kind of a fast break type of, kind of point guard. Kind of like what a shooting guard playing point guard would do, you know, kind of help move the ball up the court on the fast break. That's about what Zach Levine is at this stage. No playing time for Tyus Jones. No playing time for Andre Miller against his former team. In fact, just about every team in the NBA is Andre Miller's former team, except maybe the, either the, the Lakers or Bulls or Celtics or something, but... Outside of that, he's played for just about everybody. Carl uh, Anthony Towns had a double double, and as for that, everyone else pretty much sucked. Uh, it was nice to see. <laughs> sorry to be so blunt, but it's true. Nice to see Nikola Vak- Pak- Pakovich back in there, and boy, oh boy, using his body, got to the line, made all six of his free throws. He's always been a nice free throw shooter for a for a big giant 
son of a gun. <laughs> he's better. He's a nice free throw shooter. Um, nice to see him in there in a limited role. That's all Pekovic will last in the NBA into his 30s rather than have to retire at 29 or 3-0. <laughs> I was thinking this was going to be his last season in the NBA. Um, maybe it doesn't have to be. Just play a limited role. Even if you have, even like a Garnett, but a little more minutes. Maybe about what Garnett played in this particular game. Actually, 20 minutes, 44 seconds. You know, about 21 minutes. Even like if he were to start because uh, Garnett's out and you move Towns around. We'll talk about that much later uh, in the game reviews here. Segment number one. Um, typical three-segment show, by the way. Uh, but yeah, now you have a interesting deal going on with the big men on this team with Pekovic. Sometimes I guess I guess uh, Sam might opt for Pekovic to start when Garnett's out, but then he'll play kind of a Garnett type of role. About 15 to 20 minutes, and that's fine. That's all he'll be able to play till he's 35, 36, 38. You never know. If he, I don't know if he'll last that long, but he'll, he'll be able to hang in there rather than have to, well, call it quits at the end of this season, and that's it. Uh, maybe his contract won't be his last in the NBA, but it certainly won't be $65 million again. I'll, I'll Damn, damn, I'll be doggone if he's going to get that again. Um, Kevin Martin, Mr. Trade Bait himself, if that's okay to say. Shot 33%, literally made one-third of his shots and had nine points. Just a quiet overall game. I mean, Townsend's getting a double-double and Pekovic with a nice return. That's about it. Uh, Prince played very well for his standards, I would have to say. Most of this week, Tayshaun Prince actually shot shot well. You know, his, class, his, his mid-range shots and everything. For the low amount of for the low volume of shots he took, at least he made them. And um, but it's like you'd rather see Shabazz Muhammad get more playing time than Tayshawn Prince. But his defense was really good against Denver. Uh, again, like outside of that, Carl Anthony Towns the only real positive other than Nikola Pekovic. Now I'm rehashing and going all over the place. Gallinari, Gallinari can't miss. Yeah, well you missed nine shots, buddy. You made six and missed nine. So you you can miss Danilo. You can miss sometimes. Uh, Nurkic is pretty good too. Backup center for the <laughs> the uh, uh, Denver Nuggets. Uh, it's also interesting to note too. Before I move on, remember, remember the uh, the bag. Uh, some of you guys that are old school that have been listening to this show since 2011. Nothing old school about 2011, but you get the idea. With this show, it's going back a bit. But even though this show goes all the way back to oh eight, uh, seven and a half year old show. Um, the bag. Remember the Kurt Rambis bag of money from the 2011 draft when there was about, you know, about six, seven trades, literally. Uh, all of them involving moving down and then getting cash, moving down, getting cash, moving down, getting cash. So the bag is still over there in the corner. The money's long gone. It was given to Kurt Rambis but, uh, for the buyout of the contract. But, well, there's so many <laughs> tentacles in that in that night, and believe it or not, Will Barton of the Denver Nuggets, you know, one of the more valuable players in the NBA, averaging about 16 points out there, one of the more valuable like role players in the league. Well, he was part of the one of one of those trades. Yeah, um, it, he would fit pretty nicely on this roster right now. He's fairly young still. I was he born in 1991? He'd be. I'd rather have him than say Tayshawn Prince, wouldn't you? Or even. Uh, Belitza, the way he's playing, I think I'd rather have Will Barton than him. So it's just another one of the tentacles of David Kahn. Uh, draft night 2011. There's the bag over there. I, I kept it as a souvenir for what a memory that was. There's just so many people. You got Miritich over there in Chicago. You got uh, Montezunas in, in Houston. You got uh, uh, you got your uh, you got your uh, Chandler Parsons who was out in Houston. Now he's in Dallas. You got your uh, <laughs> you know it could go on forever. There's more more many more names out there. Guys in Europe that are still good prospects. Whatever. Ugh. Well, at least we have Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, and 
doggone it. So, and we got Malcolm Lee out of it too. So, uh, right, right. Okay, <laughs> let's keep going. Oh man, that was a really boring game. So I had to kind of go on a different tangent there. I apologize. Friday, Friday, January the eighth. Fun, uh, fun game in the sense that you got to see Wiggins play great. You got to see the best team in the Easter Conference and a legitimate championship contender, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I know. Golden State's the best team in the league. And if there was a seven-game series stretched out in like 30 games or so, the Warriors still wouldn't have lost that series because they finally lost their third game last night to the same Denver Nuggets that we played last Wednesday. And that series is over now with the Wolves. Nuggets win three games to one in that series after the Wolves won the opener of it. Um, But uh, yeah, (laughs) I think Cleveland's still a championship contender. They sure looked like one. One twenty. 5 to 99, a little bit higher scoring than I thought on the, the uh, Cleveland side and a little lower scoring on our side. Wiggins and Towns and Shabazz, there you go. There's your big three. And you know what? I've got no problem with that if that's the big three. Can I say this right now? And I know I'm probably, for all three of you that listen, no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I hope there's more than that, right? Uh, I know there's a lot of people in this town that are in Zach Levine's corner and this and that. He's really struggling right now, but in the grand scheme of things, with how this team uh, potentially, well, they play right now and how they could play in the future with a better coach, a better scheme and all that, I think Shabazz Muhammad is a better player than Zach Levine. Yeah, okay. And it's, and it's, it's an opinion, and it doesn't mean he's a much better player than Zach Levine. I think he's a better player than Zach Levine right now. I think he probably fits the, well, certainly right now, I think he fits uh, the long-term future actually more than Levine, which is kind of crazy. I know most of you were thinking maybe trade Shabazz to the Lakers or somebody like that, and then you get draft picks or some other guy who, you know, to kind of balance out the roster type of deal. I don't know if you can balance out this roster. you got so many pieces. <laughs> it's not saying we're like super deep and like a great team. It's just there's a lot of players that deserve playing time on this roster. Um, that's why you're probably going to see a trade very, very soon involving Kevin Martin. Maybe Tayshaun Prince at some point as well because it's a lot of playing time going to Tayshaun that's, well, <laughs> against Cleveland. I mean, do you really need to give a guy 22 minutes to get two steals and, and get blocked once and miss five shots? I mean, no rebounds, no assists, nothing. Oh, but he's a great defensive player. You know, I don't really see that either. You know? I don't really see that. Shabazz should, might, might as well start him at uh, small forward uh, or move Wiggins to small forward, start Levine at shooting guard. Right now, I think Shabazz deserves more playing time than um, Zach Levine, and I think maybe long-term he just might be a better player than Zach Levine. He just might. Um, it kind of depends on what direction you want to go, I suppose. You want to have kind of more of a half-court offense, kind of body up and stuff, but with the potential of explosiveness down the court as well with Shabazz? Or do you want to kind of have more of a fast-break type of offense, which I think Zach Levine would fit terrifically? Um, It kind of all depends. Shabazz Muhammad is a better outside shooter than Zach Levine. He's a more consistent outside shooter. He takes smarter shots when he he shoots from the outside. It's more of a post-up, or excuse me, post-up, a spot-up type of a shot where Levine has just kind of got that Rashad McCants syndrome in him where it's kind of that dribble and then force up the shot, where Shabazz is the type of guy, I could see him being a spot-up like stud in the league, along with Ricky Rubio could be a very good spot-up shooter from three, as he's continued to shoot well in this game, at least from three-point range. Both of his shots from the floor, non-free-throw line, were three-pointers 
Rubio. Uh, Shabazz, two of three from three. Wiggins, three of seven. Got very uh, energetic in this game. 35 points for him, 22 for Towns, 22 for Shabazz, Mohammed. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Mohammed, and Wiggins shot very well. Uh, Mohammed shot decently, I guess you could just say, like average, like 45%. That's like normal, I guess. <laughs> but uh, Wiggins and Towns, pretty dominant in the game overall. Towns just with that close range those close-range shots and a couple of mid-rangers and Wiggins overall, kind of everywhere, fadeaway, uh, attacking the basket, all that. But at the end of the day, the Wolves lost by 26 points, so maybe I shouldn't get too excited. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't get too excited. What annoys the, the hell out of me, though? When LeBron James shoots 5 of 12, he has 13 points in the game. Yeah, he got 12 rebounds and 8 assists. But yeah, but you can't even stay within 26 points because of freaking Shumpert and J.R. Smith combine for combine for 50 points are you are you kidding come on 50 points for smith and and shumpert and it's not like smith got 48 and shumpert got two here either if you know what i mean shumpert got 23 points he's gonna be one of the worst shooters in the league and jr smith is the most inconsistent out of control whatever he is in the league <laughs> but uh, when he's hot he's hot he, he 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 played only 19 minutes and got 27 points in the game Leave him in, damn it. Leave him in. What's your problem? I can just imagine people saying that. They didn't really have to leave him in regardless. Oh, man. You didn't even see Mo Williams play, which I I, I, I don't know. I guess uh, good for Matthew Delanova, though, who actually shot very well, um, hitting outside, from the outside and such. And, of course, we all know what his physical defense is. He likes to break people's ankles, but, eh, you know. <laughs> he likes to break people's ankles the other way. Um, Levine continued to struggle in the game. He played as much as uh, Muhammad and got 20 points less than Muhammad. So, yeah, not not the, not the best showing for him. Dallas came to Target Center just a couple hours or, well, really, a few minutes after Blair Walsh's missed uh, 27-yard field goal. And just like clockwork, the Wolves, you know, you're, you're just really hoping, come on, give us something positive to enjoy after Blair Walsh can't make a 27-yard field goal. Check out Purple Mafia, by the way, out there, those of you listening, especially those of you new that have never heard of it, Minnesota Vikings podcast. Yes, all you will hear all about it. It's been up for a couple of days already. You'll hear all about it. Or actually, it's only been up for, yeah, it's been up for two days now. Hmm. Um, yeah, thanks, Wells, for helping us come out of our depression. Didn't really do that, did they? Uh, good game, though. Later. <laughs> the first three quarters were terrible, honestly, or the first two quarters. Third quarter, it just kind of kept... The Dallas kind of kept building a bigger lead, and he had a pretty fun fourth quarter overall. 93-87 Dallas winning in Minnesota. The Wolves' offense is about as exciting as the Minnesota Wild offense right now and the Vikings' offense, to be honest. Um, but Shabazz Muhammad leading the way for the most part. Andrew Wiggins at 21 points. Shabazz a little bit more efficient overall in the game. But nice to see Wiggins staying in that 20 points and up range. That's good to see. It was a fairly nondescript type of game, I'd have to say. Uh... It was a nice fourth quarter, though. It, it really was. But in general, the Wolves shot very poorly in this game, uh, especially the first three quarters. Uh, Adrian Payne didn't even, I don't know. He played 16 minutes and basically just missed six shots. That's about all he did out there. I I don't even, I mean, I don't know. We gave up a protected first-round pick for him. Hmm. Okay, uh, that's a first-round pick that was just thrown away, I guess. I mean, I, I don't really see anything out of Adrian Payne that warrants any type of First round pick, and you no, know, regardless if it's protected till 2030. I mean, I I, I don't see it because in 2030 I'm going to be pissed off that that pick's not there. You know, 
Gorgie, what the hell was that? I mean, uh, at least he got seven rebounds and played some good defense, but provided zero uh, offensively. Only took one shot in the game and missed it. Uh, not much energy out there. Zach Levine, nothing. Eight minutes and nothing. Just, just He just was out there for a couple minutes, kind of lobbed the ball around, dribbled around, faked a shot or two, and that's about it. I don't know. Just a, This was a really boring game, depressing. Um, other than that fourth quarter, you had some runs. You had the guys attacking the basket. That was fun to see. You had Wiggins kind of pick up the pace, start to play basketball, you know. Shabazz Muhammad makes some shots and such. But overall, what a boring game. What a depressing uh, depressing way for the Wolves to, um, well, <laughs> attempt to help us out of our depression after that stinking Viking game. That was a great game that didn't finish well. Dirk Nowitzki was Dirk of old. He was making all the shots he used to make. Making all the moves he used to make. He's just a little bit slower, a little more awkward, but he's pretty good, isn't he? He's still pretty damn good. Uh, Parsons, there's a guy that probably should have gotten more field goal attempts in the game, but hey, that's okay. Uh, That guy can really shoot the basketball, can't he? And he'd fit in nicely on this lineup, though uh, mm, the way this roster is constructed, Shabazz Muhammad kind of, kind of, sort of fits better. But then again, I no, I should shut my mouth. This team's so desperate for a th- for an outside threat. Chandler Parsons fit perfectly on this roster, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose I would give up Shabazz to Dallas for Parsons. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you are laughing. I mean, for even bringing that, for even saying that, um, is he worth the max contract though? No. Pars is not a max contract. That's silly. But he's a pretty valuable guy. Very strong outside threat. It's crazy to think that there was a time when Chase Budinger and Chandler Parsons were competing for minutes on the Houston Rockets about mm, whatever years ago it was. It's been about three years now. or about three. No, it's been about five years already. Four or five years ago. Um, can't believe it. I, <laughs> wow. It's just crazy to imagine that uh, Parsons, quite the outside threat, would really fit in nice with this lineup. Thanks again. Um, thank you so much, uh, <laughs> David Kahn. Thank you so much. Another depressing reminder right there after a depressing day, Sunday, the January the 10th. Five things went wrong for Minnesota that day, starting with the Vikings, the Wolves, the Wild, Gopher basketball, and, of course, the Green Bay Packers winning. Just whatever. Bull, bull crap, wasn't it? So let's try to move on to Tuesday. So Tuesday, January the 12th, the Timberwolves host the Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, you have three guys get 20 points again. This <laughs> time it's Wiggins, Wiggins, Muhammad, and Zach Levine. Zach Levine finally stepping up, having a nice game, shooting from the outside. Just an overall kind of a hot streak type of game for Zach Levine. It was nice to see him driving to the basket, dunking again, hitting some threes. Three of four from the outside. Very cool to see overall. Uh, Belitza, just like the last game, at six points, making two three-pointers. Good to see as well. Um, this was a fairly fun game to watch. I mean, not bad. Oklahoma City winning 101-96. to The Wolves hung in there. Uh, well, they didn't really hang in there. Uh, <laughs> it's like I'm getting confused with the Dallas game. They kind of hung in there in Dallas. But uh, ultimately, it was the fourth quarter where the Wolves tried to make things respectable. They made a nice comeback against Oklahoma City after trailing most of the game, unfortunately. Trailing by about 10 points, kind of consistently the whole way. Then made a pretty valiant comeback in the fourth quarter, but couldn't finish the job. That was the frustrating uh, side of things. It it was a bummer. Um, Oklahoma's been known to give up some leads 
ultimately, but this time they didn't. They didn't. Uh, Kevin Durant finished with 30 points in the game. Russell Westbrook, it's kind of funny. It's almost like opposites here in a, in a sense. Uh, Westbrook shooting only 15 shots, Durant 25. So it's kind of like the opposite between those two. And like I always say, Enos Kanter's a Wolves killer. For whatever reason, he plays great against us. 8 of 10 in this one. Just, there was no defense on the inside and no defense on the outside, really, in this game. Um, this game could have easily been much worse. Luckily, the Wolves making a nice comeback in that fourth quarter and playing some decent defense down the stretch, keeping the Warriors uh, at in, or Warriors, I keep calling them all these different names, though. Uh, Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder in check. Really, the whole second half, the Wolves' defense was solid, only giving up 41 points to the Thunder in this one. Um... It's like you get, I mean, oh, and there's another one, Andre Roberson, who was part of that Kevin Kahn evening. It's kind of funny, all these tentacles to that trade. It's weird. That's the starting shooting guard for Oklahoma City, but who's really heard of Andre Roberson, really? Not much of us. Not not many of us. I mean, I, I barely know who that is. I don't think any of you really know much about him. Just little bits and pieces here and there. And really, when's the last time Oklahoma City had a good shooting guard? Well, they had James Harden at one point, but it seemed like he was always coming off the bench anyway for uh, <laughs> for other guys. Uh, ultimately, uh, Cephalosha mostly for defensive uh, purposes was starting those games, and then Harden coming in off the bench and scorching the net and showing off like he always did. Kind of drove me crazy. <laughs> it's nice to see Kevin Martin getting a little bit of playing time, but nothing special overall. Just kind of clanging some shots in this one. He wasn't good until the Houston game, the next one last night, uh, overall this week. Um, still definitely in trade bait. A lot of talk right now is that Kevin Martin's going to wind up with the Milwaukee Bucks, ultimately. For who? I, I don't know. Some people think it might be O.J. Mayo. Wouldn't that be funny if he finally wound up here, O.J. Mayo? But I don't know. You give away one shooting guard who probably should be getting more playing time for another shooting guard who should be getting more playing time who's probably not part of the long-term future on the team. So it's kind of like... I don't know, that would kind of be a wash, wouldn't it? But I suppose O.J. Mayo's getting zero playing time in Milwaukee, so that might be the purpose of that trade in that sense. Mayo's a little bit younger. I mean, he's he, uh, he's considerably younger than uh, Martin, but he's not that young. He's, he's Kevin Love's age. He's like middle-aged, you could say, as the NBA goes. Um, Kevin Martin's a bit older than him, about five years older. So, I don't know. Um, character issues have kind of followed him forever. What do you do then? I mean, you're not going to trade Zach Levine away at this point in time, i got to think. Somebody eventually is going to get traded between Muhammad or Levine, most likely, because unless unless either one of them is going to be cool with the reserve role, right now they're both in the reserve role, which is funny because Tayshaun Prince still starting, but Muhammad played the majority of the minutes at small forward in this one. He was very good the whole game, probably the most valuable player on the team this whole week, and other than the Cleveland game. <laughs> well, but then again, <laughs> it was between basically Wiggins and Muhammad the whole week for the Lone Wolf Award. We'll find out who wins it here very shortly. But uh, at this point in time, it was neck and neck between Muhammad and Wiggins. I would say Muhammad had a slight lead over Wiggins after the Oklahoma game because he's more efficient than Wiggins. Continued, my continued conversation with the Wolves is that, again, Wiggins needs to drive to the basket more, keep getting to the free-throw line. Luckily, he is 7th in the NBA in free-throw attempts, so that's a good sign overall. Uh, just imagine how much better he's going to be when he gets to, more, uh, to the line even more. So, overall, the fact that he's 7th in the league is a, is a very good sign, but it's also reflecting on how good he was earlier in the year in November when he was really attacking the basket and giving those 30-point games and such, and, and upper 20s. It was like in December, he got real, real quiet in early January, but now he's starting to wake up again, getting to that free-throw line. It was kind of like, a lot of people say it was the Cleveland game where Andrew Wiggins woke up as a player 
Um, he kind of semi woke up though. I would say in the go in the late in the Philadelphia game because he started to finally get to the free throw line. Even though his numbers were nothing special, he finally started attacking the basket more rather than only settling for two point shots. Maybe he's been listening to Timberwolves explosion, but probably not. <laughs> he's just kind of getting a reminder. Hey, you know that's your game more than settling for two point shots. You know you're not Wally Zerbiak, and um, yeah, Wally. I don't even want to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> and I personally thought Wally was an offense killer the way he played, honestly, because he wasn't into spot-up shooting either, and it drove me nuts. Guys need to be more into spot-up shooting, especially in this day and age. Like three-point shots or not, if you're capable of hitting a spot-up three, you're going to be in the league for a very, 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 very long time, and you're going to be very successful, and your team's going to win a lot of games, and who knows after that. <laughs> maybe even all, maybe even you're going to win it all. Uh, Gorgie Zhang... Um, Offensively, not not much to say, but defensively, very exciting game overall. Did a great job, and even wound up with six blocks in the game. Really getting those, getting that long arms out there, and doing an amazing job defensively. He's definitely been listening to Kevin Garnett all season, and it's cool to see he was able to block uh, Waiters and Westbrook on the weak side. If you he even got a, even got a little block in on Enos Cantor, even blocked Kevin Durant at one point in the game. Very exciting overall for Mister. Gorgie Zhang, just, uh, getting, just being a defensive presence, kind of like Hakeem Olajuwon in the game. Unfortunately, his offense is just a little bit shy of Hakeem Olajuwon. So now we go to Wednesday, January the 13th. The Houston Rockets win 107-104 over the Timberwolves. Isn't that exciting? Not really. Uh, the Rockets are now over 500 after their awful start. Of course, firing Kevin McHale and J.B. Bickerstaff, a very familiar name around these parts. Of course, played with the Gophers, and he's also the son of Bernie Bickerstaff, longtime NBA coach. He was an assistant coach of the Wolves for a while, uh, for quite a while, actually. They kept thinking he, one day he's going to be a head coach in this league. And even before that, he was a color commentator on the Timberwolves uh, broadcast when the Wolves were really good, the 03-04 season. And... Um, quickly went on to be an assistant coach and then ultimately as things continued to change and such wound up with Kevin McHale later on and he's been an, he was an assistant coach the whole time connections with McHale there and now he's the head coach with McHale's firing and they've been playing better under him, they've been doing well 107-104, Houston wins in a pretty close game but the whole time the Wolves, they stayed in the game for the most part, the Rockets built a, a lead in the second period about 10 point lead or so uh, kept, <laughs> they kept kind of seesawing back and forth 8, 10, 12 point leads uh, he, Houston even brought it up to 14, 15, 17 I think at one point if I remember correctly and then the Wolves made a quick comeback and it was kind of a seesaw battle the rest of the way 2 points, 4 points, 2 points, 4 points 2 points, 4 points but the Wolves just could never get the lead in fact just for a very short time after Belize hit a 3 pointer the Wolves finally had a 1 point lead in the 4th quarter that was the frustrating part. If you can't get the lead, you're never going to win the game. It's that simple. And that was kind of the case in this one. The Wolves just could not get the lead and maintain it. Um, James Harden is, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really like his game that much. I really kind of don't. I think he's kind of overrated a little bit. And I've actually been saying that the last couple of years now. <sighs> he's a really, yeah, he's a really good scorer and everything. But he's kind of out of control a little bit, and he's really low energy. He's, he, he can be inconsistent and such. Um, Wiggins did a really good job on him the whole night. It was a nice back and forth. Uh, Wiggins really gets up for LeBron and uh, Harden, doesn't he? He really, really does. And he did again in this one. Uh, got to the free throw line nine times, made eight of them. 
Overall, very strong game for Andrew Wiggins attacking the basket. Made an awesome, awesome, made a couple of awesome moves. It wasn't just one where they weren't dunked. They were a spectacular, like, <laughs> spectacular acrobatic type layups where he had to weave around two or three guys. Kind of like a, a Jordan type of move, but not as good, if you know what I mean. A, <laughs> a younger, you know, newer version of it, I guess you could say. A younger, not quite as amazing version of, uh, of Jordan. A very, very awesome move by Wiggins under the basket. Good field goal percentage, good free throw, good 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 free throw volume, and good free throw percentage. Twenty eight point game. Again, not as much multifaceted for Wiggins. He's kind of. It seemed like last year he was better. He was a better rebounder, more assists and such. He's just kind of a flat out scorer this year. But also, you do have to factor in that he's been playing shooting guard pretty much the entire season. Small forwards are able to rack up more rebounds and such than uh, than uh, shooting guards. Trying not to cough it as I do apologize. <laughs> so that's what kind of game it's been. Uh, Shabazz Muhammad, very, very, very quiet game. Unfortunately, him and Zach Levine pretty much mirror images of each other. Other than Levine getting a couple of nice fast break assists along the way. That's what he does. He he gets he gets all of his assists pretty much when it's a fast break. When they're moving when they're moving, they're pushing the ball up the court. That's pretty much where Zach Levine gets him in transition. Where Ricky Rubio, again, just some awesome passes in transition, especially as well. Uh, a beauty to Andrew Wiggins that wound up with a pretty nice flush, a nice dunk <laughs> along the way. Really, really uh, fun game to watch. A very good game and very positive that the Wolves, you know, they gained a moral victory against Oklahoma City. Nice, strong comeback in that fourth quarter. Almost won the game against one of the best teams in the league. And then Houston's kind of starting to play like Houston again. It took a long time. And the Wolves took them all the way to the last to the last minute. Unfortunately, could not finish the job. It's just not a clutch team. The key to this one right here, and the key to pretty much all of them, is the fact that the Wolves' defense just is not up to par. It's just not. And Houston was hitting the shots they wanted to. For the most part, they took way too many three-pointers. But ultimately, uh, they hit the shots they needed to. It's crazy when you think about it. I keep having to hit the cough button here. I apologize. Houston shot 50% from the floor, but only 23 from three-point range. They attempted 33s in the game. That's insane. They even stunk at the free-throw line, only about 68%. Okay, that's not that bad, but it's certainly not good. Um, it's mostly James Harden, though. Like, I call him overrated because he is. Uh, six turnovers in the game. Two of 10 from three-point range. Just jacking it up way too much. Eight of 22 from the floor. Kind of Russell Westbrook-like overall on this one. It was the other guys along the way that really helped the... Uh, the Rockets win the game, like Terrence Jones. That's another. That's another one that the Wolves had that David Kahn traded away. Another one. It's just unbelievable. Mana Junis didn't even play in the game. Ah, <laughs> oh, Corey Brewer was actually kind of okay, kind of solid out there. Marcus Thornton was good in the in the mid periods or in such. You didn't really see him as much later. <clears throat> it was a kind of a fun battle between Dwight Howard and Pekovic out there. Pekovic is strong, and that's good to see, but. He's a physical defender, certainly not an athletic defender, but he frustrated Howard a bit. Howard still still was managed to get to the free throw line, but only made half of his free throws. Uh, this was the game right here, back to back situation. Kevin Garnett not starting, not surprising, and uh, Pekovic, of course, didn't play the previous game for the same reason. Kind of a smart decision, actually. I, I like that. Back to back situation. Pekovic sits on the first one. Garnett sits in the second one. Not bad. That, that's smart right there. That's smart uh, coaching, I think, ultimately. You keep the guys going. You, you know, Garnett doesn't get injured and has to has to retire early. Same with Pekovic, if you know what I mean. Even though Pekovic is about nine years younger 
than Kevin Garnett. In fact, 10 years younger than Kevin Garnett. I do apologize. <laughs> but Pekovich started at center in this one and played the Garnett role, basically, about 16 minutes in the game. Carl Anthony Towns. So I was asked by Vince Germano on there. We'll, we'll talk about it more. But right now, for the game analogy, uh, not a bad combination, actually. Towns showed his quickness more. He didn't have to kind of just stay down there and kind of be, kind of be more of a, kind of play more of a slow uh, half-court type of game. You saw Towns playing more uh, with more quickness, he was able to move around more, and boy, oh boy, did he capture, did he really capitalize on the rebounds? With Pekovic boxing guys out, physical in guys, guys having to focus on Pekovic, his huge body and his muscle, so Towns was able to athletically come over and snag 16 rebounds in the game, 6 offensive overall, only 12 points for Towns, certainly not a scoring type of game, but boy, oh boy, he played pretty good defense most of the way in the rebounding, again, he was like, he was just scooping them all up, it was fun to watch in that sense, uh, fun. It's a nice combination between those two guys, ultimately, I would have to say. Kind of cool to see Towns start a power forward. And uh, Pekovic at center, interesting. Interesting combination. Gordy Zhang got the majority of minutes at center in the game and was very solid the whole way. Very solid the whole way. Not a good shooting night for him, but still, not bad at all. Kevin Martin, nice return against his old club. Got almost 30 minutes in the game, 22 points, 6 of 10 from the floor. Made almost half of his three-pointers uh, and got to the line significant amount, 7 of 8 from the line. Really nice to see Kevin Martin sinking some threes along the way, keeping the Wolves in the game. It was kind of the classic Kevin Martin that you saw last year and at times earlier this year. What a crazy up and down season for Kevin Martin. I mean, I can't even imagine what he's been going through with the uh, up and down minutes and the inconsistency and the, well, you know, we need to play the young guys. We can't we can't uh, let you hog the minutes because, this you know, you have no future with the Wolves. Must be kind of tough on him. Uh, he, he's going to wind up on somebody like Houston. I wouldn't be surprised. Or for some reason, I guess the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be trying to make a push in the Eastern Conference. I don't blame him for that. It's just kind of an odd fit. I, I'd rather, if I was Kevin Martin, I'd, I, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he went to Cleveland. Maybe get some more minutes over uh, J.R. Smith. But I don't know. Maybe that would con- create some divisiveness in the locker room. Uh, <clears throat> Maybe go back to Houston, help uh, help help them out there at the <laughs> as a backup shooting guard, I suppose. But okay, he'd have to be a backup again because you got Harden and, and Jason Terry and such. Jason Terry's been starting at shooting guard for the uh, the Rockets. Uh, James Harden has been playing kind of a point guard role. That's kind of weird and crazy. He's been kind of playing both guards, I guess you could say. Terry's just out there shooting threes on occasion, and that's about it. Lawson get, does what he does. It's kind of an odd team, but they're winning games, I guess. I mean, whatever. <laughs> they're on a high, they're on a nice streak. They're finally above 500. They'll probably make the playoffs, I think, later on. That's just my view. This uh, segment has gone way longer than normal, and I apologize. I guess I had a lot to say here and a lot to cover as well. So I apologize if this drug a little bit. Lone Wolf Award has been stolen by Andrew Wiggins. A really strong game by <laughs> a really strong game by uh, Wiggins against Houston. Almost had us winning that game, getting to the line, attacking, and uh, just. Running the floor very well with with Ricky Rubio and Zach Levine out there. Very cool to see. Andrew Wiggins will be the Lone Wolf Award winner. The Johnny Flynn Memorial, I guess it's going to go back to Zach Levine. He had one good game, but overall extremely quiet out there. Uh, that's a, that's pretty much where I'm going to have to stand right now. He's just he's still struggling. I, I have no hate towards Zach Levine. <clears throat> just right now, it's, it's not it's not working out at this point in time. I'm sure he'll be back uh, playing well again very soon, though, because that Dallas game was pretty encouraging, to be quite honest. Um, or was it the uh, Golden State? It was. Or, I keep calling them Golden State. It was the Thunder game. I apologize that uh, Levine came out and 
and a very, very strong effort. The effort we're actually fairly used to seeing. So there you go. Let's wrap up this segment and let's jump into segment number two. Some reviews right after, or previews right after this. Well, we got the moral victory part down. Now let's try to get some, like, uh, well, you know, victories. We are back here on segment number two, preview segment. This will be a hell of a lot shorter than segment number one. I'm going to try to keep it fairly brief here to keep things moving. Only three games to preview this time around. I'm going to go with a Friday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday deal against Oklahoma, Phoenix, and New Orleans. Do I see a victory out of these three games? I do. I see one. <laughs> I see one victory for the Timberwolves. They will get to seven straight losses. They will finally win, and then they'll lose again, basically. You get the idea on which one, I suppose. <sighs> Let's get to it right away. Friday, January the 15th, the Wolves head to Oklahoma City. The Wolves always play the Thunder well. They always do, but they also always lose. Yeah, they always lose against the Thunder. It's really frustrating. Game two of the series. Boy, this series is going to be marching on very quickly. And then the series will wrap up in March. Mm, that was kind of cute. So it's going to be kind of like a couple days in between the first two. And then a week later or so, 12 days later, January the 27th, they'll be coming back here. Oklahoma will. And then we'll be heading to Oklahoma City on March 11th, 2016. <laughs> yeah, it's the same team we saw the other day, I th- <laughs> obviously. Um, luckily for them, nobody's hurt, finally. You know, the Oklahoma City Thunder are actually healthy. It's a miracle. Congratulations to them. And I think the Thunder will win the game, unfortunately. Uh, third best team in the Western Conference in normal year. They'd probably be the number two seed at this stage. But obviously it's not really much of a normal year when you got Golden State and uh, San Antonio winning basically every game they play, especially the freaking Warriors. It's just unbelievable, though. I don't know. Somehow, some way, I could see them losing though at some point. <laughs> I could see them not making, uh, not going, not 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 repeating this year. I have a sneaky feeling they might not, but I'll probably be wrong. Uh, regardless, Oklahoma City Thunder at this stage playing a lot better than the Timberwolves. And if put it this way, if the Wolves win in Oklahoma City, that'll be a huge catapult for this team. I got to think they'll win a couple games in a row at that point. Huge confidence builder. That would be great. And if they don't, well, what the hell's wrong with you guys? Get your head out of your ass. Uh, Oklahoma City's just better. I mean, you got Westbrook being what he is. He's he's matured a bit. Uh, I used to really, really, really rag on the guy. Like, I used to hate him so much. Such a ball hog. Such an obnoxious player to watch. Just uh, always and, and always has something to say. Always got some some gesture he's got to make. He's just he's he's different now. He's 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 not as he's not as classy as Durant, but he's he's working on it. Uh, Durant looks freaking awesome. It's really nice to see him healthy again. I'm happy for this team. They're not as cocky as they used to be. <laughs> uh, certainly not at all. Actually, I actually kind of like them now a little bit. A little bit. Uh, it, it took a while, didn't it? Most of you probably think they're more boring now. Well. Well, nah, 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 nah. I'm an old fuddy-duddy, so what do you expect? Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to say other than I think the Warriors are going to win the game. They're just, they're better for, in general. Expect Towns to have a strong showing. I got to think it would be cool to see Gorgie go out there and get uh, six blocks again, though I highly doubt he's going to, he's going to, uh, I highly doubt that he is going to um, have, have, a, have a repeat in, in that area. But uh, Pekovic will be a factor, I'm sure, down low. Score some points. I think Pekovic will reach double digits in the game. Carl Towns will get a double-double in the game. 
the hope for the Wolves to win this one is it's pretty much Rubio and Wiggins, I gotta think. I mean, Rubio to have one of his huge, huge, huge games where he gets like 15 assists. It's gonna have to be one of those, I gotta think. And then Wiggins to score 30 plus for the Wolves to win this one. I mean, Wiggins is gonna have to be just an absolute beast in this game for the Wolves to win it, getting to the free throw line, maybe attempting 12 free throws in the game. We're talking big time, huge, all star starting type game for Andrew Wiggins. And uh, ultimately, I, I see him getting maybe 25 ish, not like 35 in this one. Uh, the keys for the Wolves to win that game, even more though than Wiggins and Rubio, are freaking play some defense and be consistent out there about it. Play some consistent, strong defense. Not sure when that's going to happen. I don't see it happening in Oklahoma City Friday night. Phoenix Suns come to Minnesota Sunday, Sunday, Sunday in the afternoon. This game just reeks of a loss, doesn't it? It, it really does. And it's like, I feel bad that this is the one I'm going to pick the Wolves to win. I will pick the Wolves to win this one. <laughs> and this is not me being negative and being a jackass, but the Wolves always lose these afternoon games. They just always do, and they lost one earlier in the year to Phoenix on December the 13th. But I'm going to... And what it was in Phoenix, the Wolves actually played fairly well on that one. This is one I think the Wolves will win, and I do think Wiggins gets 28-ish in this one. Yes, I'm all over Wiggins' jock. I, I know, you're probably getting sick of hearing it, but I think he's going to have a huge... I think he's going to have a nice week. I think he'll have a very good game against the Suns. Always shows up to play against them. I think he'll get 28-ish in this one. Carl Anthony Towns is a huge key in this one, though, against uh, Chandler and Alex Len, who have both been Wolves killers pretty much since they started playing. Uh, even when Len was like pretty much like nobody yet, he was so raw coming out, and he played super well against us. Huge blocks, wrong place, wrong time. Just mind-numbing. I remember one of the blocks he got on Andrew Wiggins last year. I just was like, no way. No freaking way. That's what kind of player Len is. He's he's sneaky. He's tricky. He's he's better than he looks. That's for sure. Uh, but I think the Wolves will win this one, ultimately. Towns is a huge key in this game. Down low against those guys. Gotta frustrate them. Get them into foul trouble and such. Gorgie Zhang will obviously play a role, but a guy who's obviously always an X-Factor against Phoenix. Always an X-Factor. And he'd been playing so well. And I think he will be having a nice uh, come back maybe after a couple of quiet games, and that's Shabazz Muhammad. I think Shabazz will regain his his uh, greatness. I do think Levine will play well against Oklahoma City, though. I think Levine will be. Uh, I, I think Levine will have another one of his double digit, you know, maybe up to twenty point type of effort. But I see Shabazz, who always plays well against Phoenix, uh, have a nice game. I think he'll get fifteen ish, fifteen and up for Shabazz Muhammad. But Wiggins will be. The, the leading scorer in the game, and such. The Phoenix Suns, always a three-point threat, but certainly not been playing well this year. This is a game the Wolves need to win. They need to end their losing streak. I think they come out and have a strong game against the Phoenix Suns. Maybe Wiggins goes off for 30. Who, who knows, but I think he'll have a big one. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, oh goody. Tuesday, January the 19th, New Orleans Pelicans are having a terrible season. Terrible season. They really are struggling. They have this, well, about the same record as the Wolves, but the Wolves never beat these guys. They, they just never do. Uh, we haven't played them yet this year, though, so maybe, maybe who am I to say, huh? Maybe who am I to say? Uh, Tyreek Evans will be, at least at this point, is out as of January the 13th with a right knee injury. We'll see if it's how, how serious it is, if he's going to be playing. Eric Gordon, I pretty much forgot about him. Ozek is a He's a pain in the butt to play against. Uh, Dante Cunningham always seems to play well against the Wolves. I can't imagine why. And Antonio Davis and Carl Anthony Towns will be a nice matchup in this one. It will be. Uh, you'll see Osric and Pashkovakovic pairing up against each other at times. Gorgie. But I, I think you're going to see 
Towns play against Anthony Davis. So you're going to want to see that. It's going to be fun to watch. In fact, I'd be downright disappointed if it wasn't Davis versus Towns for an extended period of time. But I think at this stage, Davis will get the better of the two. Even though, again, they're having a terrible season due to God knows what the hell's wrong. Other than Alvin Gentry's not really a good coach. I don't think he's the right fit for a defensive-minded athletic team. He's he's pretty much an offense type of team. He'd, he'd be a better fit with the Dallas Mavericks type of team or, or something like that. Um, or back with Phoenix again. God forbid. <laughs> I'm sure they would hate that. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I I don't see the Wolves winning this one in New Orleans. It's just reeks of one of those stinkers where even though New Orleans is not good, the Wolves just don't play well against them. And I think they end up losing the game. We'll go with a 99... Uh, we'll go with a 99-89 game in, in New Orleans. We're not going to be happy with that one. Uh, the Phoenix game, the Wolves will win 103-95. to and Oklahoma City game, the Thunder will win that one, 105-99. to It'll be a very, very close game, very fun to watch, and the Wolves will not win it, ultimately. Those are the scores, I have to say, for this one. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's uh, take a quick break and come back for fan interaction. Nice brief one there, huh? back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Did you like that bumper music? Not bad, huh? Chrono Trigger, uh, we, they call it the wind scene, but it's like the 600 AD uh, era, whatever, in that game. <laughs> Why not? You know? Why not? Why not? It sounds cool. It's kind of fun to come in over here to uh, fan interaction. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we pick up where we left off, like always on the Facebook page. In the search bar, type in Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves Show, and go from there. So we'll start with the Facebook page. Ultimately, I'll just say this real quick. Uh, this is going to be super brief. Uh, at Wolves Explosion for Twitter. At Wolves Explosion, all one word. Uh, no interaction on there other than thank you very much for the retweets from Tanay Brown out of New Zealand and, Vin- and Vince Germano out of Australia, Melbourne, Australia. Thank you so very much, guys. Really, really, really appreciate you passing on the uh, information out there. Thank you very much. So, I posted a picture of the whole 90s night thing that took place uh, Tuesday, January the 12th, that Wolves versus Oklahoma City game, just very recently, <laughs> just Tuesday here. Uh, very cool. Really like the background. Reminds me of Toe Jam and Earl, and I had to mention that. It's got Shabazz Muhammad and Ricky Rubio on there. Very Toe Jam and Earl-like background. You know, Sega Genesis, 1991, you know, back in the really good old days. Hell yeah. <laughs> Though I think the 80s are even better, but you get that. Yeah, early 90s were pretty fun. Hank McCoy says, bah, ha, ha, I should do one for you and Vince. Please, please, Hank. I would really appreciate that if you if you could sometime. Got no response from him at this point, but Hank McCoy and Vince Germano are hosts of the Courtside Podcast, which is absolutely fantastic. That show is absolutely Timberwolves Explosion approved. I should probably create some type of image that shows that because uh, Hank over there on the Courtside is so kind to say that Timberwolves Explosion is Courtside approved. Put the banner on that on the logo of Timberwolves Explosion on the Courtside page. That is just uh, awesome of you, and it even has a link to this uh, to this show. Thank you so much. God bless you, Vince Germano. A couple of shoutouts really quick to Facebook pages out there. Um, there's Wolves Nation NBA talk over there with Ryan Newman. Thank you very much. Great Facebook page. Kind enough to let me post on there. Uh, really, really, really appreciate it, Ryan Newman, and so many others out there that have been uh, <laughs> kind to respond to me. Been trying to get to know some people on there, and hopefully they've been checking out the show. And if they are, hello, thank you very, very much. 
Uh, God bless. Tell your friends about the show if you could. <laughs> also, there's Flip's Army, too. I'm starting to post on there now. Uh, Mar- Marlena Miles, one of the great artists here in the Twin Cities. <laughs> really up-and-coming artist here. It's been doing it for a while, but, you know, young of age, we'll say. Uh, some awesome painting or drawing. I keep, I, I keep calling them paintings, but they're actually like pencil sketches of late. Just phenomenal, man. Kevin Garnett, Wiggins. Those two, uh, the Wiggins ones have been sold for sure. The Garnett one probably by now. Now she's been drawing, like, uh, Zach Levine, Ricky Rubio. Just spectacular stuff. Gotta love that. Uh, but, yeah, she's also uh, she's on the Flips Army page, too. I'll be posting on there. Hopefully I can post the Timberwolves Explosion <laughs> link on there, too. I'm going to attempt to and see what happens. I'm guessing I think they're okay with it. <laughs> we'll see, but I'll be giving them a shout-out. So there you go. Do join that page as well, though. I think, uh, yeah, very nice interaction on there. I uh, posted a picture. I stole it from one of the pages. But, I mean, it wasn't actually from the page. It was just a, from a retweet of, uh, they retweeted um, uh, P- Jim Peterson. <laughs> Pete Jimerson. There we go. Now, Jim Peterson out there who showed the Wolves the three-point attempts, or overall, yeah, three-point attempts since December 11th through Jan 9. Yeah, yeah, it really sucks. Uh, the best three-point shooter is Gorgie Zhang, one of one. Yeah, one of one. <laughs> Tyus Jones has only attempted three threes since then. Shabazz Muhammad at that stage had made half of his threes. Fantastic. Rudej, five of 11. And there's your spot. There's a spot of three-point shooter right there in Rudej. Love him. Just love Rudej. Ricky Rubio, though, the most attempts from three-point range and 42.5%. Yeah. You don't think Ricky Rubio would fit in in a San Antonio Spurs type of uh, pass the ball around for spot-up threes type of system? You don't think Ricky Rubio would be very good in that kind of system? I think he'd be great. I think he would be a very valuable guy. He's the kind of guy that you'd be like, man, 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 you just can't keep up with them. Damn, he's all, all, you put a body on Rubio, he keeps nailing that three. And that's what would happen, I think, with a, in a system like that with spot-up threes. Kevin Martin's still, <clears throat> still managing to shoot about 40% from three. And yeah, Martin <clears throat> is good when he shoots spot-up threes. He's fantastic. That's why his three-point three percentage is up. You don't see him dri- dribbling and forcing up shots like Zach Levine, who's shooting 21%. Yeah, Wiggins, 21%. Same freaking problem. Same freaking problem. The Wiggins, I think, is more of a, uh, again, a slasher than a shooter. Levine, I think, is more of a shooter. He's more. He's kind of a tweener between shooter and slasher. He can do both, but uh, Wiggins is a better slasher. Levine is a better shooter. Uh, point made there. Belitza, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know his role anymore. Unfortunately, uh, he looked like a really nice, kind of a tricky player coming into the NBA. Whatever. Uh, he made a couple threes this week, though. In fact, <laughs> he, he'd only made three of 17 at that stage, and he made four this week. So maybe he saw this and was like, screw that. He was like four of four in a two-game stretch there. So he upped that significantly, I got to think. He would be at, what, seven of 21. That's, that's better. It's not great, but it's better. It's better than Wiggins and Levine. So, you know, it, it's, it's better, right? It's kind of closer to Adrian Payne level, I guess, with 33%. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, where was the comment? Uh, Joseph Phillips, Joe Phillips, out of out of Australia says, "I'm watching the da- the Dallas on the second the Dallas game on the second monitor at work. Prince appears to be a three point shooter for today's game, and yeah, that was kind of about it. It was kind of sad, and yeah, kind of making a uh, remark there because Prince is over five at the and during that month or so stretch." <laughs> Oh, boy. And then uh, let's go to the visitors' polls before I come back to my mini rant in the Houston game on there. Wow, kind of a little bit on the busy side. A little bit, little bit. Why didn't I click like? Shame on me. 
So, yep, we continue from January 5th, where Joseph Phillips says we lost two games we should have won. What was that? What what was it that French guy Monsieur Deja Vu said? <laughs> Deja Vu. Yep, I love that Monsieur Deja Vu. <laughs> same old thing, right? Same old story. That's about what he said. <laughs> um, Cleveland Cavaliers to host Australia Day game in honor of Dilladova Irving. Well, there you go. Very cool. Kyrie and Delhi. Kyrie and Delhi. Joseph Phillips says to all the Aussie Aussies Wolves supporters. I read in this morning's Daily Telegraph that the Cavs game versus Wolves on January twenty on the twenty sixth of January, Australia Day, will feature a tribute to Australia. Apparently, the Cavs will wear green and gold, and the Aussie national anthem will be sung. The Cavs, or the game, is a Cavs home game, and is mentioned versus the Wolves. Hey, do you think after this we can get Kyrie to play for the Australian team? <laughs> oh boy, that'd be nice, I guess. But um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Joseph Phillips says another one says, Nice to see that the 90 minutes of honesty Mitchell and the team discussed led to a better led to a better gameplay and motivation. They might as well have used the time better watching Games of Thrones <laughs> or some other show. Yeah, because that was after the Philly game. It was like, yay. Yay, we just turned around and like slept walked against Denver. We got 74 points. Oh, the defense is better, but you just kind of like said, screw that. Let's just, let's just, uh, you know, it wasn't exactly nine below in the target center. That's not an excuse to have such a, like, a nondescript offense. Another big one here by Joe Phillips says, so let me get this straight. Kevin Martin does not play, and we start losing a whole bunch of games to teams we should beat. Now is, Ke- now is Kevin Martin the greatest motivator in the world, or are the other players feeling such great despair for Kevin Martin that we play badly? If this is not the coach's fault, then what is it? Why is this team not getting motivated by Kevin Garnett or even in front of their home crowd. You could argue that the players are not even playing for themselves. At least when you tank, you put effort into tanking. This is not even that. This isn't a division-winning team, but we are not this bad. <laughs> now the coach is trying all sorts of things, including singling out players in post-game press conferences. There is talk of punishing kids by dropping their hours and forcing them to play in blowouts. Mitchell has gone from a professional to the world's greatest tiger bomb in only two months. Welcome back to the indifferent wolves, Pekovic. <laughs> and Phillips continues saying, Oh dear, I meant minutes, not hours. Yep, you can tell I am worked up. What what was today and not what was what was it today? Nine points in the last quarter against the, the Nuggets. Pretty much lousy game. Joseph Phillips says, I'm in the Twilight Zone. Towns can't hit any shots. Prince is our three point shooter. Shabazz is going air Jordan. There is also some big tattooed guy playing on our team. Who is that? It's uh, it's Rocksteady. It's it's Rocksteady, you know, from the old Ninja Turtles, you know, the really good ones with Bebop and Rocksteady. That's that's who it is. He's 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 Rocksteady. It's it's not Nikola Pekovic or anything. Shredder Shredder's off in Florida, like he said, he's retired. So you know, <clears throat> Vince Germano courtside podcast says they watch the Wolves games against the Cavs. With great interest, particularly because I just wanted to keep an eye on Wiggins and why some dopey Wolves fan, not on this page, are not saying, or are saying he should be traded. Here's what I saw. I saw a young kid that is going to be an absolute gun in this league. I saw a kid that moves like poetry in motion going to the basket. I saw a kid whose body isn't fully developed. I saw a damn kid who is working his arse off. Just wait until Wiggins... In time, well, Wiggins' time in the weight room pays off. Just imagine that for a second. If he's producing now without his body fully developed, imagine what he's going to do when it is. So to all the Wolves fans who want him traded, just shut the hell up 
and enjoy the ride that will hopefully stop at Championshipville. You know, if that ain't gold star, that's gold star. That, that, that's a gold star? I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's a gold star comment right there, man. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah, I am, I've been on board with Andrew Wiggins from day one, and I'm with the events 100% of the way. And even at the beginning when Wiggins was so timid and, and weak, like his first couple games last, uh, last season when he was a rookie, then all of a sudden he started getting a little better, a little better, and then... And then, and then was it early January happened against Oklahoma City, the uh, attack on, on uh, Kendrick Perkins. And I said, oh my God, it's beginning. There's a crack in that big giant bubble around him that's not letting him come out of his shell. The shell, there's a crack. It's cracking a little bit. Just wait until that shell cracks. <laughs> Vince summed it up perfectly right there. Just wait until that shell cracks. Cause it's, it's still there. It's, it's cracked significantly more since then. Significantly, but it ain't cracked yet. And when it's done, when it bursts open, <laughs> Kevin Durant and Andrew Wiggins will be in the same same plateau, in my humble opinion. And hopefully there is no such thing as a plateau with Andrew Wiggins. Hopefully there isn't, but, well, you get the idea. Uh, Joseph Phillips says, Names, names, Vince. Let them join the Hall of Shame. Vince says, I would. But then I'd have to rejoin the group to get him. Woo! LOL Fair says, <laughs> Joseph Phillips. Matthew <clears throat> Calvert says, not enough defense yet. Uh, it's true. His defense does need to improve, and the overall Timberwolves defense is a long, long way to go. It, it's true. His defense does need to improve. I can't disagree with you right there. Um, <clears throat> it seems like a lot of these draft analogies don't always pan out. Town's draft analogy is about perfect, actually. He's a pretty good. Uh, his defense isn't quite as good as, they're say, as they were saying. But it's youth, and I think it will continue to improve. He, he does have a good defense. He's certainly better than the average uh, Timberwolf out there in Towns. He's a better defender than Okafer. You know, you're dead on when it comes to the whole free-throw thing and athleticism versus just uh, Okafer being a, pretty much just a flat-out scorer, not as good of a rebounder, and a, not even close at the free-throw line to Carl Anthony Towns, who clearly, to me, is the better player currently and long-term, in my opinion, and probably to... Many of you as well are agreeing in that uh, conversation. We do have a phone line out there, so somebody should call in. It is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention what show you're calling into, which is Timberwolves Explosion. Hey, we have some local people now. So, And it, it doesn't matter if you're local or from Australia. There's, there's ways to join the show uh, with audio submissions, of course. That's what they like to call it in the podcasting world. But... Uh, for those of you with, you know, that are maybe locally in the United States or, of course, Minnesota, yeah, it's 209-736-7877, but for those in Australia, this is the day and age of smartphones. Every single phone has a sound recorder that's free, built into your phone. All you got to do, all you got to do is record a voice, just record it on there, record your comments, audio submission, we call it, and then just email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and I'll put it right on and rock and roll. It would be greatly appreciated to hear some audio submissions from anybody on this show. Keep it to about a minute just for the sake of time, especially if it does get to a point that there's more audio submissions on here. It's been quiet on that front, but hey, I totally welcome all the Facebook posts, though. If you want to just stick to that, then totally cool. Those of you out there that know about the show, that haven't joined the Facebook page or the Twitter account, hop on board, do follow the Twitter, do join the Facebook page, comment or like, whatever they call it. Comment on there. Comment. Interact with me. And please, please tell your friends about the show. I'd be greatly appreciated. 
I want to thank all of you that have been so loyal to the show for so long. And Tanae, love you so much. I mean, he even offered to help because I was thinking about stepping away from podcasting for about a month after that Viking game. I was so depressed. So depressed. So sick of everybody losing. But I'm here. And even though this week was not fun at all, I mean, it's just win some freaking games. It, it got a little more fun to see Wiggins come out of his shell again. <laughs> He's got a, the shell tends to kind of like heal itself a little bit and recover him a little more than it, than it should, but he's eventually going to completely burst out of it, um, especially as he bulks up. But, uh, yeah, please do uh, please do tell a friend about the show. Give this show a rating on iTunes. It would be greatly appreciated. I'll give you a nice, happy shout-out, and thank you very, very much for your your uh, for your positive uh, review on iTunes, if you could. Those of you that, that listen to the show on Stitcher, you can review this show on there as well. Give it a nice, positive rating. Would be greatly, greatly appreciated, and I'll thank you live on air or semi live, whatever you want to call this. <laughs> and just God bless you so much. Thank you. It's been really nice meeting some of the new people out there too that have maybe started listening the last month, two months. Just God bless you so much. Thank you for your, thank you for your listenership and kind words. Uh, Marlena's had a lot of nice things to say about this show. And just thank you so much, and <laughs> can't say enough about her uh, sketches and drawings and everything. Man, oh man, they're good. So thank you guys, and Ryan Newman, a great, great, great guy out there. Great, great Facebook page, lots of interaction. Not everybody on there is people you're going to agree with, but that's that's the way it goes, and there's like 2,500 members on that page. So you're going to get some people, some would call trolls. You're going to get some, <laughs> there's trolls on everything. There's trolls that troll me everywhere, no matter where I go. So <laughs> there's trolls on every Facebook page out there, especially when there's a big membership. It just happens. So... That you just ignore the trolls and enjoy the thousands more that are nice and, and knowledgeable and you know they, they're willing to accept things you say even if you don't agree with everything. So thank you so much for your kind listenership and your, your reviews in, in advance. We'll talk to you next week.